Come on, Marianne, you know I can't do that. Turn it! Turn the wheel! John. It's sleepaway camp. Welcome to the Fenver. No, welcome to the Center Cut. I am Michaela, or is it? Maybe I'm Michael with a giant bandage on my head and too much pubes for a 13 year old. Who knows? The name's Dave. D A V E. And we're here today to talk about Sleepaway Camp. Oh, yeah. Buckle up, everyone. Oh, boy. So this was brought to our attention by Mike from Whack Brackets fame. Would it be okay if I take a moment to speak to Mike directly? Of course. So listeners, you know, unless your name is Mike and you have a podcast called Whack Brackets, feel free to go get a drink, go to the bathroom, whatever you need to do. Mute us for a few seconds. We'll be right back with your regular scheduled program. Mike, are you all right? (laughs) Let's take a stroll down memory lane together here. First, you asked us to talk about Ross's bathroom habits. Then you told us that Idiocracy was your favorite movie. Then you knew, in my opinion, far too much about Dennis Haysbert's dick. (laughs) And lastly, you suggested that we watch this movie because it was one of your favorites as well. We're really worried about you. This This is a safe space. If you ever need to talk or just need a shoulder to cry on, Michael and I can be that shoulder for you. But just know we're here for you, buddy. Okay. If this is one of your favorite movies, Mike, it, it is very telling. You you have some issues, but it's okay. Like Dave said, we are with you. We can be your shoulders. Mm-hmm. Okay. Back to the red girl. I can't speak. Yes, sir. So this is our quote unquote Halloween episode. Hallows E. I don't know how you feel about Halloween, Dave, but if it wasn't taking place in autumn and like pro candy, it would be the lamest holiday. I know, like, I just lost all the females between the ages of 20 and 40. They have another reason to hate me. I just don't get it. Like, what's the point of dressing like a slutty vampire? It's stupid. Just be yourself. You don't need to dress up. I don't think you lost the girls on the slutty outfits. I think you lost the guys on the slutty outfits. I lost them on the slutty outfits, yes. But I think that for whatever reason, Halloween has turned to this thing that, like, everyone, every female between those ages, 20 and 40, it's just, like, That's their personality. Their personality is Halloween. I don't get it. Here's the thing is that I think that women hate on each other year round, except for Halloween. Like, I feel like Halloween is a time where you can celebrate your body and do whatever you want and no one's going to give you any shit for it. And I feel like that has spoken a lot to a lot of ladies who are usually getting put down by other people that they can just kind of feel free to do what they want. Unless it's blackface. Correct. Okay. I guess I understand that, but it's just not for me. It kind of has lost its flair here in the later years of my life as I age. Understood. Now, Dave, you said on our last episode that you liked Hershey bars better than lint chocolate. So really, your opinion isn't valid, but gun to your head, what is the worst candy? Sometimes I feel like our personal preference, like my personal preferences would would come into this, right? Like, I don't like coconut or nuts, so Almond Joy for me immediately is like a disaster just waiting to happen. But I think if as a general rule of thumb across the board, if everyone had to pick a worst candy, I would say it's those stupid little wax pops that you have to chew on a bunch of fucking wax just to get like a half a teaspoon of sugary liquid out of. No, sir. Those are great. I love I love I just put I put the whole bottle in my mouth and just suck it dry, baby. Oh, my God. That's frightening. That's very bad for you. (laughs) I don't swallow the wax after I spit it out. It doesn't matter. You still have a lot. Like, if you just grabbed a candle and chewed on it a bunch and then threw it away, like, that's still bad for you. Uh, Yeah, maybe. Um, You know. Can I take a moment to address Michael directly? (laughs) Michael, are you all right? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. No, I don't know. I like sit at home chewing on wax. (laughs) 
for me, it's Necco wafers. I, I don't know if you're a fan of oh, those. Oh, see, but... I don't mind Necco wafers. What? But here's the thing is that I have a very fond memory of a family friend of mine. We used to go to their house and they were my grandparents' age and they had a big candy jar in the middle of their living room. And every time we went, we got to have a little bit of candy. But hold up. Did they take them out of the wrapper and there was there was just single no. Necco wafers? In the... okay. No. Are all you right. a crackhead? They'd go, they'd go and buy like the a bag of all assortment of candies and just dump it in there. So like individually there was like, it was like a little, like a little ream of Necco wafers. It was like the size of like a, a film bottle. They're just chalk discs. They're like bigger, flatter Smarties, which Smarties themselves, they're already like the official candy of poverty. And like <laughs> they are, but fucking Necco wafers. There's literally a clove flavor, a clove flavor. Like, I want to eat candy. I don't want to be a fucking 16-year-old girl trying to look cool and smoke. I don't understand it. You know what else, though? Hmm. I've seen recently a lot of candy corn hate. Get out of here. Like, it's certainly not the best candy, but candy corn and those, like, little candy pumpkin shits, they get the job done. Okay, hold on. The little candy pumpkin shits are the shit. Correct. Yeah. I like those much better than candy corn. I'm glad we finally agree. Finally. All right. Anyway, too much Halloween talk. Not enough sleepaway camp. That's why we're here. Let's get into it movie came out in 1983 and it shows it, it does show and uh it's actually called nightmare vacation in the uk which is a worse name in my opinion it's uh, written and directed by robert hiltzik starring felissa rose as angela and a bunch of people you probably never heard of so does it really matter and it got a 78 on rotten tomatoes which must solely be on the back of that final twist scene because the rest of the movie does not warrant a 78 no and even the final twist scene is really just terrible yeah it's we'll we'll get there obviously we don't want to spoil the end before we get to the end but oh we'll get there we will wink (laughs) what we did here is what we normally do for a movie we watch the first 15 and last 15 minutes only so we don't know about the middle but we're going to talk about it yeah so let's get into it first and foremost we get a nice message in fond memory of mom a doer. Oh, it's a doer. I thought it was a door. Oh, I could see how you made that mistake. How doer is spelled D O E R and door is spelled D O O R. But what the fuck's a doer? A door. Like, what is that? Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know why someone would want to commemorate this movie to their mother and then create most possibly the worst mother character in the history of all mothers. Mm-hmm. But we'll talk more about that as we get to it. So the first three to four minutes of this movie are just ominous music while we see an empty, abandoned Camp Arawak. Does the volume have to be so loud on the music? Are they trying to blow my eardrums? Yes, they are. They don't want you to hear any of what's about to happen in the rest of the movie. They'd rather just make you deaf. Did you also notice that this movie was made by American Eagle? No, but there wasn't an American Eagle Productions before there was an American Eagle store. Oh, so it's not the clothing company that made 80s horror films. Okay. Well, I was going to say because my boxers and my jeans definitely got tighter as I watched this movie. So Yeah, and I will say that most of the jean shorts shown in this movie are acceptable to the center cut jean short accord of 2020. So <laughs> that's good. So I'm assuming that this is the future that this camp is now closed after the preceding events. That are going to take place. Yeah, that's what I got as well. Like a flash forward, which is kind of weird. But yeah, Yeah, well, what's more weird about it is later they also do a flash forward, but they give a time associated to it. So like they make you aware of it. If you're going to skip around like that, either make me aware of all the skips or don't make me aware of any of the skips. But picking and choosing which ones you want to make me aware of and not aware of is weird to me. Mm -hmm. So now we're in the past and a man is laying on a sailboat in a lake with his two small children. Allegedly. Allegedly. To what we're what we're supposed to understand it to be a young camp counselor and a young attractive ish girl in a bikini are eh, I mean attractive ish for 1980 hating on those boomers. They are driving a motorboat who have a young girl behind them water skiing named Delore. Delora? Delore? Is that a short for Dolores? I don't know. Got to take one letter off. Either way, she's a loser. She's crying and whining. She doesn't want to do this. She's not having fun at all. So Marianne, the girl, asks to drive the boat and the counselor says, obviously no, and then gets a look at her breast and says, obviously yes. They switch seats so that she can drive the boat. 
Meanwhile, the kids and their father are playing around on the boat and they end up capsizing the small sailboat that they were on and they're kind of treading water next to it. Before he falls in, though, I don't know if you caught it, but the dad clenches his short shorts between his ass cheeks like a pro. I very into it. Yeah, it's a tight clench. He definitely has to take a shit. For sure. But also, like, what was with all these people talking? Uh, I don't know if you thought it was weird, but like each person as they started talking, it was more ridiculous than the last. The people on the boat, the first boat, they had just like these really strong New York accents. And then you go to the two kids in the motorboat and especially the boy, he's, he's just it's like that Will Ferrell sketch where he can't he can't know what tone he can't modulate his voice. <laughs> like He's just talking way too yeah. fucking loud to be right next to the girl. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah. You know, I can't do that, Marianne. (laughs) (laughs) So as they are now treading water next to their capsized boat, a man yells from shore to get them to come in because Dr. Thomas is on her way. The kids then call her Aunt Martha, but bad news, she isn't bringing Ricky. Cool. (laughs) Meanwhile, the girl who's driving the boat is very bad at it, not paying attention, and the camp counselor is also just too fixated on her breasts to notice anything. And they run over this family that is treading water. Meanwhile, the girl that who is water skiing in the back is trying to warn them, screaming at the top of her lungs. And then she, in literally an instant, goes from water skiing in a boat that runs people over to being treading water somewhere, screaming, help them, they're going to die. Yeah, and Bob Saget dad looked fine. I, I don't know how he was dead. He was just like fucking swimming. And we don't even get to see the dead girl uh, with just like a torn up life jacket. So that was lame. Yeah, so he floated by and then we see the torn up life jacket. And then the only person we see still swimming is the young boy that was out there with him. Peter. So then weirdly enough, we see uh, kind of a David Lynch type of feeling A white screen appears and it reads degree and a bunch of attractive half naked people dance around the screen to music showing off how their deodorant is preventing sweating of the armpits. It was very odd for me. Wait, what? I'm just now realizing that was a commercial. Oh, okay. I was I was so confused because mine had commercials too. And I was like, oh, maybe it cut off a scene and now I'm going to be so fucking behind. (laughs) No, darn. So now we see a timestamp saying eight years later from that point where we are at a fancy brick house with, like I said earlier, quite possibly the creepiest, most ridiculous mother character that has ever been mothered. She calls down her children, or it seems like her children. We find out later it is her son and her niece to get ready for the bus because they are going to camp. So they, the, the children are Ricky and Angela. They have a weird interaction with the mother, and she is just fucking out there. Oh, my God. They are really laying the groundwork early for this lady to be a nut job that creates a serial killer. I get it. Yeah. I thought for sure it was going to be Ricky, but spoiler alert, it wasn't. They make it to the bus. They are on their way to camp. The, The bus arrives at camp. Many kids are just running around aimlessly. This is my nightmare. Yeah, I, I don't know why, but the kids running reminded me of Wild and Crazy Kids. Do you remember watching that as a kid? Mm-hmm. So 90s, such a funny show. Like to look back on it, their idea of crazy was shaving a water balloon or like having a squirt gun fight. If they did that show now, it'd be so different. Yeah, they'd be doing TikTok dances and taking cocaine. <laughs> yeah, like kids would have to be shooting each other with real guns. Fucking yeah. catch me outside. How about that? And like the <laughs> girls nowadays. Oh my God. Yeah. Like, Last one pregnant, a rotten egg. Literally. <laughs> Literally a rotten egg. <laughs> Literally a rotten egg. So he put her put her on the, the egg measurer at the chocolate factory. What? It's uh, a Willy Wonka joke. <laughs> <laughs> Crushed it. Mainly because I'm thinking about Willy Wonka because the, the mother reminded me of Willy Wonka in the way that she would just forget that she was talking to people and then have a little mini conversation with herself every once in a while. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Angela and Ricky are walking slowly to their cabins. Let me mention, when they got off the bus, all of these kids running by, they run by two men, one who has quite possibly the biggest mouth I've ever seen, and <laughs> a younger man who has quite possibly the biggest bulge I've ever seen. Yep. And they're kind of trying to direct these kids and getting them to, to where they need to be. They run by the, looks like the cooks in the mess hall who are one of them is just 
super creepy. Like they are really trying hard to make it seem like this is this guy is the dude that does all the killing. He like calls the kids fresh meat and and says there's no such thing as too young. You're just too old. Yeah, he calls them baldies. Baldies and is what they call them they back on the have, farm or whatever. They don't have pubic hair. I did not think that this movie was going to be pro-pedophilia. It was not on my bingo card. Yeah, and it was pro-pedophilia the entire time. Like, it never once even slowed down. Nope. Out of control. So, Angela and Ricky are walking to their cabins. They run into one of Ricky's friends who prepares him for Judy's sudden maturity. Wink, wink. Judy wants nothing to do with Ricky at this point. Now that she has large breasts, all the older boys want to talk to her and she doesn't want anything to do with Ricky, who apparently dated her last summer. So sucks to be Ricky. He just has to show her how much his schlong grew since last winter and then maybe he'll be off to the races. Yeah, this this scene in particular with with just the way people were talking to each other, the way that they looked and dressed. I finally placed it. This movie gives me super wet, hot American summer vibes. I don't know if it's true, but I have to think that that movie parodied this movie specifically. Like that Judy character reminds me of a mix between Abby Bernstein and Katie from Wet Hot. David, have you ever seen Wet Hot? Nope. Oh, my God. you got to go watch Wet Hot. Watch the movie first and then watch the Netflix series. It's a prequel and a sequel. It's 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 great. But at any rate, okay. that's I think it's I think it's a parody of this. Yeah. And I had a really hard time with this movie. And I think it has something to do with the fact that it was from the 80s and I haven't seen a lot of movies like this that were the subject of many children in the 80s. But I had a really hard time understanding how old fucking anybody was. Anyone. How old are Angela and Ricky supposed to be? It's a good question because, well, we know there's an eight year time jump. Yes. Looking at the kids on the capsized boat, I would imagine that they were in the like six to ten range that's what i was gonna say like maybe seven or eight but i just don't think that ricky and angela are supposed to be 18 so i'm no. guessing they're closer to the six range so I'm, I'm thinking maybe 14 to 16 something like that is what yeah that, that was kind of how i felt too i also felt like judy from the neck up looked like she was 40 goddamn years old <laughs> She did. I think it's the hairstyle. It's the hairstyle. She had just that bitchy face. Like she looked like she was a middle-aged woman who was just depressed with her life and her, her shitty husband who yeah. she just deals with on the regular basis. Real big Barbara Streisand fan. Yes. As I mentioned, Judy's a bitch. She's a bitch to everyone, to Ricky, then to Angela. Everyone's kind of being mean to Angela because she's just kind of shy and quiet. It's worth mentioning at this point that we haven't heard her speak once this entire movie so far, and we actually didn't at all in the first 15 minutes. Everyone's being super mean to her. It seems like like no one wants anything to do with her. Now they're in the mess hall, and Angela won't eat. Apparently, she hasn't eaten for three days. So Meg talks to Mr. Bulge and Pac-Man. It's worth mentioning, the guy with the giant mouth, have you ever seen those drawings that people do where they take like a cartoon character and then they make them look realistic. I feel like that this man is what Pac-Man would look like as a real person. Okay. So like a reverse caricature. Correct. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to refer to him as Pac-Man from now on. Okay. So Meg goes and talks to Mr. Bulge and, and Pac-Man. Mr. Bulge is Ronnie. Correct. I hate Ronnie, but listen, I know it's the eighties. But when was it ever like, it's 1983, Ronnie, take your dick out. Why yep. is, why, like, you literally, you can see his penis. You can see his penis. He's wearing not okay. the shortest shorts and has the largest bulge. It's not okay. It's not acceptable. It's not okay. And, like, the scene where he, this scene where he goes to talk to Angela at the table, there is just a a split second where he walks up and she looks over and her face (laughs) is just like at the perfect level of his crotch. And it's like six inches away. And I feel like if there was not a layer of pants in in between them, it would have slapped her right in the face. It's bad. It's crazy. But they bring Angela back to back to the chef to find out if there's something else that they can find that she can eat. You know what really quells starvation Getting sized up by the camp molester, Artie. Come on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let me bring her back to talk to that guy who just referred to all the kids as baldies. (laughs) I hope he dies. I hope he dies. I'm sure he dies. Yeah, me too. But we don't see it. And that's where the first 15 minutes cuts off. Uh Uh-oh. 
Cartoon Dumpster Dive. I'm your host, Joel. And I'm your host, Andrew. Join us as we travel back in time to watch the garbage cartoons from your past. Will you remember them? Maybe. We painstakingly watch every episode of these cartoons to remind you that, hey, some things belong in the past. Our pain is your entertainment. Thanks for tuning in. That's it. That's the trailer. Uh-oh. Who do you think could have been the murderer right now? Well, I know who the murderer is. Yeah, but let's say, like, just when, when you watch it the first time and you knew, like, one of these people that I've seen so far is going to be murdering some folks. Mm, gotcha. Who do you think it could have been? I would have said probably the old, funny black guy with the bad tooth <laughs> who made fun of Artie. Yeah, that's a good guess. I, w- I would have put money on Ricky. Here's the reason, is that his mom was so nice and affectionate to Angela and just didn't give a flying fuck that Ricky was even there. I honestly think that Ricky could die at camp and his mom wouldn't even notice. (laughs) You're probably right. As long as Angela came home and Angela's not even her child. It's a cousin. Yeah. Well, her first kid probably did die at camp and that's what the string around her finger is for to remind her. (laughs) Maybe that is very likely, but I, I would have put money on the fact that it was Ricky, but Let's let's hear about the last 15 and we can we can talk more about it. Faux show. So the last 15 minutes of this movie started at one hour and six minutes flat. So we pick up with Angela and a boy from the beginning of the movie, not Ricky, but his friend. And they're outside of the rec center. And we finally hear her or we finally hear Angela talk. Yeah. Now, the boy's supposed to meet her at the waterfront later. Next, we cut to Eddie, an older kid, presumably a counselor. I need a different sort of counselor after watching this and Mm -hmm. a boy who keeps repeating. I'm cold. Like the ghost boy from that episode of, are you afraid of the dark? I'm cold. (laughs) Anyway, Eddie decides to leave three to four other young campers in the woods on the ground while he takes two pansies back. We know it's going to end poorly because the shaky cam tells us that the killer and or monster is there about to eat some kids in a blanket. But like, why would you, why would you do that? Eddie? Why? Also, why are they all outside? I don't know. That's what you do when you go to a summer camp, apparently, is just sleep on the ground. I've never been, so I don't know. I went to summer camp. I was in Boy Scouts, and I went to summer camp, and I didn't sleep on the ground. Hmm. Did you ever get molested? That's a, that's a personal question. I, well, well, <laughs> never mind. I did not. Okay. I can confidently say I did not. That's good. I'm glad to hear it, because I know there are a yeah. lot of boys who do. I mean, except that one time, but that was no big deal. Okay. Well, yeah. If you're fine with it, then you can make your own decisions. Consent. <laughs> We're God. At- did we... <laughs> This is a pro pedophilia movie, so I think we we might have just supported pedophilia, but it's fine. Let's just move on. We're at the rec center now, and somebody graffitied "Enjoy Cocaine" on the wall inside. And the older, probably head camp guy Mel, who we saw earlier, he asks Susie where Meg is. Why is Pac Man looking for Meg? I don't know. I presume Meg is one of the counselors, and maybe she's supposed to do some of her counselor duties, and they haven't been able to find her. See, when Meg went to go talk to Pac-Man and Mr. Bulge earlier in the movie, he was pretty touchy-feely with her. Hmm. Okay, so maybe there's something going on. I think there is. Maybe. Which is really gross. Yeah, it's pro-pedophilia. He's an adult version of (laughs) Pac-Man. He's got a mouth the size of Shaq's asshole. You are fixing... (laughs) On this guy's chompers. All right. Well, it was whatever. so hard to pay attention anytime he talked. Did the size of his mouth not bother you? Oh, it bothers me. Yeah, it does. It I does. couldn't even focus on what he said. <laughs> I don't know what he said. I don't even know what he sounds like because all I could see was his mouth. That's a problem. That's a that's a big problem. It is a problem. I agree. Good thing for you, though, is that he doesn't really say anything important ever. That's true. So Judy's doing some sloppy wet smooching with Mike until Mel kills the mood and Mike exits, leaving Judy with the biggest sourpuss because she was all horned up. I appreciate the fact that his signal that he was going to leave was starting to tie his shoe. Mm -hmm. Did he start untying his shoe for the sex times and then (laughs) left but left his shoe on and then... Then he started tying it when he was going to leave. I'm confused by the shoe Well, because it's a rookie mistake. A lot of people, when they start doing some real heavy kissing and petting, they take their shirt off first. No, no, no. You got to take the shoes off first, and then you make your way up. That's the proper way. Nope. If sex in the city has taught me anything, it's shoes last. Uh, I don't know. I don't abide by those rules. 
Also, so maybe they were just playing like like strip poker or something, and he lost one round, and his move was untying a shoe. <laughs> yeah, you don't even take the shoe off. You just untie it. Ooh. <laughs> Did it all sexily mm-hmm. and made that noise. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, Mel creeps in the dark to the girl's showers, and a very dead Meg falls out of the shower stall right when he shows up, of course. Mm, yeah sucks he was very distraught he was it it looks like her spine has been removed so her empty husk of a body looks like a scooby-doo villain costume his mouth looks very disappointed (laughs) yeah we we find out here that mel is very italian because he rubs his back on the wall and he does the pinched finger italian gesture repeatedly as he's talking to the air well what are you gonna do about it like he's he's fucking weird mel's weird (laughs) what are you gonna do about it i'm gonna get him this time yeah so back with Judy, she has changed into a New York Jets quarterback, Richard Todd Jersey. There's some trivia for you. And she's curling her hair with the lights off. Solid move. Solid move. You know, something I like to do is curl my hair before bed. <laughs> yeah, before bed, too. Like, what? That's so dumb. Like, it's just going to get fucked up on your pillow. Angela comes in looking very boyish and punches her in the nose. And it's great. Like, you just see an arm come across the screen. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> just fucking knocks it right out. <laughs> Angela lays her body on the bed and she covers her head with a pillow. And I don't want to be too crude, but we're to assume that she's bludgeoning her asshole and or vagina with the curler, right? Yeah. So here's the thing is that most curlers have a bar on them that you press a button and it kind of opens. and it, It'll look kind of like a like a lobster claw to like hold the hair down to the the curl actual curler so as the we see a shadow of the curler kind of getting closer and closer to judy's body and isn't that that megan fox movie (laughs) what judy's body jennifer's body jennifer's body (laughs) okay cool (laughs) good talk anyway so yeah they kind of open up as they're getting closer to for me, I am to us. I assumed that meant that it was entering two orifices. Yeah, uh, it's pretty bad, but we don't actually get to see it. So, like, instead, we see finger puppet shadows on the wall, like Plato's cave allegory, and Judy's shadow hands rise up like zombie hands in the thriller music video. Yeah, I couldn't hand. <laughs> I couldn't handle those. Is that the only thing you could do at this point? Is like putting your hands up and making them curl weird like you're having like a very hot orgasm. Yeah, apparently. Apparently. So eventually the hands wither away to show her death and Angela dumps her body to the floor. Also, I don't know that that would just immediately kill somebody. (laughs) I think I think part of it was the suffocation with the pillow. Oh, okay, I can get that. But I can get behind that then. Angela's very strong, apparently. Yeah. Eddie, the guy from earlier with the campers, he comes back to find the campers massacred in their sleeping bags in a fluffy, bloody mess. And it's enough to make Eddie throw up in his hands. I hate this so much. I hate when movies have people throw up like at all. It just like drives me crazy. It's unnecessary and gross. Mm-hmm. Agreed. But the, Eddie, like this is why you don't leave preteens by themselves in the woods at night when there's a fucking killer on the loose. Irresponsible. Yeah. Also, if there's a killer on the loose, why the fuck are there campers still at this camp? Yeah. Uh, Mel's Mel's dropping the ball. Mel even said, you're the one who did the the last one or whatever. I won't let you do this again or something. I don't know. Some bullshit that he said. I couldn't pay attention because of his mouth. But I... It leads me to believe that multiple other people have died before this point. Why is anyone still here? I don't know. Because it wouldn't be a movie otherwise. Yeah, it would be logic is what it would be. So Ricky goes to get some candy at the rec center and... I don't understand what happens here. Like, is this the low budget film's way of showing a time jump? Like, it just gets dark all of a sudden and the music abruptly stops and there's nobody around when he exits exits the building. Yeah, that was weird. It's like he walked in, there were people, and then he walked out and there weren't. Uh, I, I felt like that could be a way of them showing kind of a time jump or just signifying like he came at the very, very end right before things were about to close up to kind of show that not many people were going to be out and about. But it was weird. I, I agree with you. It kind of caught me off guard. Yeah. But anyway, he's walking back, munching on a candy bar. The dude with the dick shorts, Ronnie, from the beginning, he is just a, a such a bad actor. And he's getting a call about the dead campers. And yoink, Mel grabs Mickey. Ricky. What did I say? Mickey. Oh. Mel, oh, Mickey, you're so- 
Mel grabs Ricky, pulls him past the tree line, and goofily beats the shit out of him. Like it looks like he's doing that thing a skinny white dude does with his hand when a large black woman shakes her ass in front of him, where you like do that slapping tallywhacker motion. It's ridiculous, and and I kind of love it. Then he does the move that looks like when someone is giving someone CPR and then they're dead and they're still trying to revive them, but they've run out of options, so they just start kind of gorilla stomping their their body with their fists. Yeah, that's exactly what I put Donkey Kong punching in my notes. So that's exactly <laughs> it. It's fucking so weird. It's so weird. Uh, but uh, fucking Pac-Man. Pac-Man, yep. Red tight pant man runs to get help to round together the counselors and Mel as he's back at his gorilla pound until he decides he's had enough and needs to get away from Ricky's beaten body. Unfortunately for him, he runs into Angela at the archery course who William tells him to shut up by shooting through his Adam's apple with an arrow. No blood, just an arrow clearly through his neck and just like isn't there then it's there it i mean listen it's a low budget film i get it it's it's especially in the early 80s it's hard to make an arrow look like it really goes through someone's neck but yeah there's just also no way that this filthy little he she would naturally be this good of a shot like this is a dip into the supernatural for me yeah she's just got mad skills man Mm -hmm. here's a great part the police have arrived Uh, Actually, no, sorry, not a police. It's just a guy with the longest plastic flashlight I've ever seen and a costume <laughs> mustache that you'd buy on clearance at the dollar store after Halloween. This thing looks freaking ridiculous. It's shiny and crooked and way too big. Like, why the fake mustache? Why force the stash? Yeah, I, I felt like that was something in the 80s. It's just a police officer had to have a mustache. It was a requirement. It's so bad looking, though. Yeah, this this one in particular was very bad because it did look very fake but i felt like they just they needed to have it because it was the 80s and policemans have mustaches okay so the gray shirt boy prepares to go skinny dipping with angela mm-hmm. Ooh, baby Ooh, baby Ooh, baby the other counselors find the dead meg costume and a girl yells it's horrible when the cop walks out of the building and i imagine that she's talking about his fake mustache yep had to be and i just i really can't stand this tight red pants guy ricky Paul, get out of here. Like, he is so bad. He is. Listen, he's a pretty face, but he is one of the worst actors that we've ever covered during this podcast. I think Mel was worse. A worse actor? Yes. Uh, he's uglier, but I think this guy is the worst actor. I think I think Mel's a worse actor. You're just you're biased. Maybe it's because I didn't hear any of his words. <laughs> yeah. I'll pick a bulge over a giant mouth any day. Okay. So Susie and Red Pants stumble upon Angela, who's humming and petting Gray Shirt Boy's head, but it's from behind, so it's obscured. And then we get a flashback. We know it's a flashback because it was recorded in an echo chamber, and you can also (laughs) see this crazy aunt's breath as she talks for whatever reason. Yeah, there's like fog or some shit around. So turns out this crazy bitch had taken in Peter, the boy from the beginning boating accident, with the biggest head bandage I've ever seen. Kids out here looking like fucking Mojo Jojo from the Powerpuff Girls. I don't know if that's too obscure, but... Uh, <laughs> what a great reference. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. We'll we'll talk... That one really caught me off guard. <laughs> glad you got the reference. Oh, man. That, that's a good one. We'll talk about it more. We have some questions about the whole configuration of people, but mm. that's wild so far. And here it gets wilder. We, we flash cut back to camp, and gray shirt boy now has an adult head, but that adult head is now severed and on the ground. And we get apparently, apparently one of the most iconic horror scenes ever. Angela is Angelo. No, she, he, whatever it is, stands in full glory, rocking out with her cock out, hanging out with her wang out, chilling out while it's spilling out, striking a pose while it points at her toes, covered in blood while we look at her pud. All red and drippy, but packing a pippy. Listen, I have 13 more of these. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised at all. I'll let you continue. It's Last fine. one. Standing there scary like a Demogorgon, flashing me that bushy boy organ. All right, I'm done. Angela, <laughs> That one was forced. <laughs> they were all forced. Angela has a penis, which we see for a long period of time. It has way too much pubes for a 13 to 14 year old. And she's just mouth agape for like. 30 seconds, but they dub like beast noises over her, like an upset bear or something. And yeah, it is frightening. It's not frightening in a scary sense. No, it's frightening in a what the hell am I watching sense? Yeah, it really catches you off guard, especially the penis. And my immediate thought immediately was, 
Oh, God, I'm looking at a child penis. Yeah, that's good, though. That means that you're not a pedophile. Oh, is that what that means? Yeah, if, this, if your first thought is, oh, no, this is a baby dick, then you're not a pedophile. That's that's the rule. Oh, OK. Well, that's good. At least we know that much. And the screen turns green as we slowly fade out. <laughs> I don't get why it turns green, but this I don't know. either. It, it may beat out Mulholland Drive for the most left field ending. Like, it, it's pretty close. This this is wild. Yeah, this was just out of control. Would have never guessed Angela's the killer. Well, I would have guessed when we saw her walk through the door and kill Judy. I mean, it, it looked like Angela well, to me. Yeah, after that. Yes. Yeah. But for, in the beginning, I would never have guessed her as the killer. Gotcha. Gotcha. What's going on, guys? I'm Josh. And I'm Kate. And we are Pilot Era Podcast, the podcast you're going to listen to when you can't be watching TV right now. We're two TV-obsessed Aussie scientists who need an excuse to watch even more TV shows. We watch, discuss, and review pilots of shows to see if they're actually worth watching. I do my reviews based on emotion and feeling, and I'm very easily impressed. And I do my reviews based on the technical aspects of the pilots. And you're never impressed. <laughs> so come check out Pilot Era Podcasts on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know where they are. You know the type. We have some questions to help us with this middle. I figured the best way to do this is just mm. kind of dive right in because our first question here is kind of about the configuration of, of all the characters, like I mentioned. So that'll help us kind of talk about what we what we learned here. Let's do it. So the first question is from Jasmine from Damn Fine TV podcast. Super happy to get some questions, Jasmine. Thank you. Mm. How are the characters from the beginning all related slash connected? The two men, the mother, a.k.a. the most frightening character ever, Ricky and Angela. Apparently, there's some debate about how they all connect. So I think that the father who died in the beginning, John, and the creepy mother, our brother and sister, making Ricky and the two kids who are on the boat at the beginning cousins. John is gay. So that is his partner on the shore. And they actually adopted the young boy and girl at the beginning. And then when John and his other child is killed, nope, this makes no sense now. Because why would his partner not take this child? Instead, it goes to his sister, which is odd. Um, Yeah, no, I was 100% with you. That's exactly how I read all of it as well. Also, I would mention that I mean, it's basically confirmed, but Angela is Peter. Sorry, I know I dead named her. I'm sorry. Angela is Peter from the boating. She's the boy from the boating accident that survived. Yes. Yes. Um, Agreed. hmm. Uh, So here's something. What if those kids were John's from a previous marriage Mm. and then he figured out that he was gay and this is just like his boyfriend, but not really overly in like they're not that close enough where when John died he wasn't going to take Peter instead Peter went to his sister the crazy lady yeah i think i think because i agree with everything else i'm i'm certainly willing to make that that leap there like the the guy on the shore he was only in it for the you know he just had a penchant for penis he wasn't into having the kids so yeah. he didn't want to take on the clearly messed up girl anyway and he doesn't like girls we know that so yeah i think well she wasn't a girl well she wasn't at the oh, time right. you're right you're right so yes <laughs> but but boy. yes i i agree with you um yeah i think that I, I agree with that and i also agree like you said that that insane woman is the sister of john the bob saget dad from the beginning mm. yeah i think all right I think that all makes sense and, and i had originally thought non-biological kids but i think your your thought about how that would connect with the guy not taking ownership. Uh, I'm I'm into it. Yeah, I think I think we agree. Cool. All right. Awesome. So, what's the prognosis, doctor? What? I don't know what this means. The only thing I can connect this to is Angela. Like there are sequels to this movie, so maybe we find out that Angela was the girl from the boating accident and to save her life, they had to attach part of Peter's body including his bush baby. <laughs> Like, listen, I know that's a stretch, but did you watch this movie? Nothing could be a stretch. That's true. Yeah, it's a good point. My thought was maybe that the little boy, because this also feels like something that would be hard to pull off, right? If you are now in custody of an eight-year-old boy, 
you can try your darndest to convince them that they are a girl, but it's an eight-year-old boy. I think that's going to be challenging. What I thought could be possible is that Peter had some kind of amnesia from the accident, which would explain the bandage on his head. He got struck in the head in the accident, and then this lady just kind of took that opportunity to convince him that he was a girl. Hmm. But what is that? Uh, what is that? The what's the prognosis, doctor? How does that connect? Well, that? she's a doctor. That's true because she does do the secretive physicals at the beginning. Yeah. So if she's a doctor, and they refer to her as Doctor Martha or whatever the mm. fuck they call her earlier, Doctor Thomas. Um, Doctor Thomas. Yeah. So maybe she was also kind of the first person to to kind of try and figure out what was wrong with Peter and someone asked her what the prognosis was okay i can get behind that i like my idea too so it's one of the two yeah nailed it cool jasmine's next question who wins the baseball game the very adult men in ridiculously short shorts or the mostly appropriately aged campers some of whom are just playing video games in the outfield the viewer wins (laughs) (laughs) that is the right answer Mm -hmm. first thing i want to clear up video games like it was 1983 game boys don't come out for another six years did they have a tv and a super long extension cord out in the field or maybe it's like i don't know if you ever had one i actually kind of liked it one of those like green rectangles it was a football game but it like it was so low tech like you were just a blip and you had to avoid other yep. hyphen blips and yeah and there were there was like a baseball version too yeah i remember one that was like shaped like a baseball diamond maybe something cheap like that yeah must be, but anyway so or they had like like it was like with this with this movie i wouldn't be surprised if there was like a full arcade game out in the middle <laughs> of the fucking outfield playing pac-man <laughs> it back around. tying it all together yeah. this also reminded me of my childhood because i ran a summer playground thing for five summers and i would go ham nailing kids in the face with dodgeballs or just dunking on nine-year-olds it's a lot of fun so knowing what that's like i want to say that these adults just manhandled those baldies yeah Yeah. killing these baldies but (laughs) i don't know it I'm I'm guessing that she asked this question and even in mentions playing the video games because it's actually the kids who win and it's like this comical scene with chariots of fire music in the background. I don't know. Or no one wins and it ends with a murder. Mm, could be that too. Yeah. We didn't answer it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so why is everyone so angry in this film? They're mad that this trans human is getting to live their life. It was the early 80s. People weren't ready for this. Like we weren't yet forced to call people whatever they choose. Even if like, listen, Bruce Jenner, he's been in the public eye for 40 years and now we have to pretend that the past doesn't exist and they have to like dub over keeping up with the Kardashians episodes. That would be a horrible job. Side note, like you have to watch each one just to replace all the mentions of Bruce with a stock Caitlin. I hate to see it, but that seems weird to me because at the time he was Bruce. I agree, but I agree, but people, he literally calls out people who call him Bruce now. I don't agree Mm. with that. I'm okay with him being Caitlin. Like, that's your choice, but you can't force us to not call you. Like, you were literally in the public eye. Like, you won Olympics and you're on a TV show that airs on E when I'm fucking eating my breakfast. I don't know, man. I can't do it. Anyway, I know that says a lot about me as a person, but this was the early 80s. People didn't like trans people back then, so they were mad. They were mad at Angela. Maybe. Or maybe it's just because all these murders are really harshing that summer camp vibe. That too. But they seemed angry at the beginning. Yeah, they seemed angry at the beginning. They were just angry outright. Did you see that thing that Artie was sucking on when he was calling him Baldies? I don't know what that was, but he looked mad. Oh, no. He looked excited. (laughs) Elated, in fact. And the big black man also looked very happy. I honestly don't know why all these people are angry. Maybe they're in New Jersey. Mm. It is. It is New York. It's upstate New York. So okay, that yeah, a lot of ang- a lot of anger. Most people in New York are just angry, anyways. Yep. Cool. Thank you, Jasmine. We are super thankful that you. It was so nice of you to do that. So nice. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. So next question is from Jordan from Wreck My Podcast. Sweet dude over there, and his question is, what's worse? Judy's death or having to spend a night with Mel. (laughs) (laughs) So although Judy's death was very unsettling, particularly the Frankenstein hands and the frying sound that happened when the curler got inserted, she went out doing what she loved. For me, Mel, on the other hand, would eat me after he got hold of a glowing cherry. So (laughs) 
I feel like it would be worse to spend a night with Mel than just dying. I don't know. Like, Judy died due to the very warm dildo, basically. And I can't know what that feels like, because contrary to your belief, Dave, I am vaginalist. The equivalent for me would be, like, putting my male genitalia in, like, a freshly microwaved hot pocket. But that does sound unpleasant. You always have to test your dildo on the back of your hand. Oh, Good to know. You didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Always. If you're going to heat up your dildo, test it on the back of your hand first. That's the most sensitive area. But mm-hmm. Mel, man, you are correct. That dude's mouth looks like that bass that old white people put on their wall that sings, don't worry, be happy and take me to the river. Finally. See, I was worried that you weren't going to say anything about Mel's mouth. I should have known that you were just waiting for your perfect opportunity. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> For finally supporting me and my hatred for Mel's map. He also stomps out a young boy, so it's a tough call. Uh, Yeah, he donkey Kong the shit out of that bitch. I'm going to have to go with Judy, though, because, listen, she is dead, so... Death is death. That's correct. Yeah. Thanks, Jordan. Yeah, thanks, Jordan. So lastly, we have a question from our good old friend Mike from Whack Brackets. Last but certainly not least, he sent us a picture of a boy... A man, even, <laughs> wearing a court-approved jean shorts with a crop-top USC shirt who looks to be playing some baseball with a really unhappy camper behind him. And he says, this is Billy. How did the poor fucker die? Side note, I will put this picture of Billy in the show notes because it needs to be seen. Mm-hmm. If you put your thumb over his face, it is straight up a female, like I think it's the belt that he's wearing. It's 100% purchased at like a dress barn or a Lane Bryant. Changed my mind. But I think that Billy is just another nod to the end with like the sexual ambiguity because like he's got hairless legs, the shorts that end just below his crotch. His t-shirt doesn't even reach his waist. Like he's Ezekiel Elliott. Sorry, another football reference. I feel like this is just pure 80s. Nobody wore their shirt that short. Nobody. No man. I don't know. No. No. All right. That belt, that belt is a female belt. I know belts. Anyway, (laughs) I'm thinking that his death was talking to a belt expert. (laughs) I'm thinking that his death involves a baseball bat, but this isn't like an Abraham or a Glenn death at the hands of Lucille. I think that Angela wrecked him in the rectum. She made a keyhole out of his bee hole with a baseball bat. She hit a home run in between his man buns. She hit a foul ball behind his foul balls. She hit a grand slam in his man clam. Killed him with the bat, bitch. Well, you got you got to do that twice this episode, huh? <laughs> Did you enjoy that? If everyone thinks that's bad, buckle up. Here we go. So Billy happened to be out late practicing his grounders with a pitching machine at the ball field. You see, they have this big end-of-the-summer game against Camp Wakalaka at the other end of the lake. They say it's for bragging rights, but it's really just a way for the state to determine which camp gets a larger grant for the year. So he has a pitching machine set up at home plate, throwing grounders his way at a modest 75 miles an hour. As we know, balls come off of a major league bat at 110. Obviously, these campers aren't going to be hitting balls off the bat the same speed at which a major league baseball player would. So 75 is pretty accurate, probably. The lights keep flickering as they are want to do because this camp is low budget because they lost the game last year. This is one of the things that they hope to replace with a new grant if they can win the game. The lights flicker for just a moment, and we see that the machine has been turned up to 300 miles per hour. Now, you might be asking, why does this baseball pitching machine go up to 300 miles per hour? I don't know, but the ball goes straight through Billy's glove and then straight through his stomach. The camera follows the ball and stops just shy of Billy. So you can see right through the glove and him where Angela is now standing in the outfield and smiling with her dick hanging out. (laughs) I well, minus the dick hanging out, I wouldn't put it past this movie. Why? Why? (laughs) Hold on. Did you watch the rest of the movie? Why is the dick hanging out surprising to you? (laughs) Well, because they want to save that for the end. That's true. They really want to nail that home. Mm-hmm. I still can't get over that we literally saw a boy's penis. It's very, very disturbing to me. Do you think it was a real boy, or do you think they just put like a fake thing on her? See, so that that was a like question a, like that a I had. Chunk of silly putty. So something interesting is that I I looked up pictures of Felissa, whatever her name is, who played Angela to 
because I had that same thought. Like, do you think this was a girl who actually had a penis or did they just put on like a prosthetic for the scene? No. And it's the third option. They they had a put a boy body under her head. No, this is the this was the 80s. They didn't have that technology. All right. <laughs> the thing is, is that amusingly, every picture of Felissa is her in the future just making this same look on her face. Mm. For like everyone who ever wants to pose with her for anything, she does that that look of like looking to the left with her mouth agape, and it's really very funny. So you still don't know. So still have no idea. So you couldn't find any information about her penis. I was. <laughs> I tried. So you googled movie with boy penis. No, I just googled Felissa. What's her face? Gotcha. And I was just trusting that Google would, if there, if a penis picture existed, it would have appeared on the first page of results got it well it's a shame we'll never know uh, if if you're listening to this and you know the answer please let us know because we are curious <laughs> i think that's it thanks mike yeah thanks mike and also remember what we said earlier and thank you again to jordan and jasmine i think that does it for our coverage on sleepaway camp unfortunately it's hard to stay positive these days and now that our coverage of sleepaway camp has ended it's even harder but be aware and and you can still be happy that there are many more sleepaway camp movies to do and after the absolute trash that this movie was we will 100% be doing the others oh, at definitely. some point along the line agree wholeheartedly perfect <laughs> so thank you again for listening we appreciate you stopping by again you can hit us on all the social media wait, platforms wait, wait, wait. before that we're going to do what we're doing next week what Okay, I was going to do that after, but we could do that first. We always do the first. <laughs> Michael, what are we going to be watching next week? Oh, no, you're the one who says it. Oh, fine. <laughs> so, David, what are we doing next episode? I'm not sure, Michael. What are we doing? <laughs> you're a bitch. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. We are going to be watching the first season of Hannibal. Well, not the full first season. The, we're going to be center cut Ising. I'm still not married to that acronym we really need to come up with a better one we are going to be doing hannibal we'll watch the first episode and the last episode of season one yeah we we hear that a lot of people like that show we've never watched it obviously and i don't know about you dave but i've never actually seen uh, i don't even know what it's called the hannibal Lecter movie i've never seen it never seen it yep i have no idea what to expect cool so we're gonna go in with no knowledge and we're gonna fuck that shit up can't wait November 4th, the day after Election Day. Oh, boy. So you're either going to be very happy or very mad. But either way, you can listen to us and then also be very happy or very mad. <laughs> yes. Don't take your happiness or anger out on us. Not too much. I really don't want to do laundry again. I have weak knees. Thank you for being here. Mm. Thank you for listening. And <laughs> as always, send your feedback to the centercutcast at gmail.com. And if you want, rate and review us. What else can you do, Dave? Yeah, you can go to Facebook. You can go to Instagram. You can go to Twitter. You can go to YouTube. So why don't you go do that and tell a friend? Yes, please do. And another reminder, we, we've had some more purchases recently, but don't forget about the sticker shop. We have some cool designs for you. Firefly, Lost, Gorilla Dicks, and The Brake Line. Yeah, and if you want to see something else in the sticker shop that you would be interested in, for sure, shoot us an email or you could even, you know, message message Cindy right in the shop. If you want to do that, she'll let us know. But yeah, go check out those stickers. Yes, please. Well, it's been a trip. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Like the bulge between all the murders. It's always better in the center. 